Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. All right. So let's talk about competition today. We live in a world where it feels like we are always striving to be the best or the first. We want to be the best mom. We want to be the best at our jobs. We want to have the most money. We want to have the cleanest house. We want our kids to hit all those milestones first, right? But for what? I don't know how much we ever just take the opportunity to hop off the treadmill for a hot minute and think about this. So we're going to do that today. Before I get into where this competition comes from and what we can do instead, I first want to define healthy competition versus unhealthy competition. Because healthy competition isn't necessarily a bad thing. Healthy competition is when we want to win, but we also want to see others succeed. This stems from a growth mindset and is used in a positive way to help the group or the team to collectively reach their goals, right? This is the village mentality. Unhealthy competition is when we focus on the other person rather than on ourselves. Instead of seeing this as a growth experience for us, we beat ourselves up because we're not as strong as or as fast as or whatever, insert your insecurity here as that other person, right? This can also sort of manifest as becoming obsessed with the idea of winning, like so much so that winning can become the only source of our own satisfaction and our pride. That's when this gets dangerous because we can tie our feelings of self-worth to that accomplishment, which can then lead to things like perfectionism and burnout, right? Which I have a lot of experience with. So in case you've been hiding under a rock, we live in an extremely competitive society. It starts when we're young and we're in school, like we're competing in the spelling bee or we're competing to be the best kid at kickball at recess. We compete to get the best GPA. And when we get into the real world, we compete with our colleagues to get the promotion at work. We're also competitive when it comes to our money, right? Like somehow we feel better about ourselves if maybe we have a higher net worth than somebody else does. We all have our things, like we all have these quirky beliefs, especially around money, right? So like, that's okay. I just think it's really important to start to explore these. There are so many things that we compete at in life, but there is no fiercer sport out there in this world, I think, than motherhood. Mom petition which is a real word, by the way, it's in the Urban Dictionary, Um, is this one-up rivalry that moms have where they, they want their child to be seen as better, smarter, or more advanced than another mom's child. This may involve two or more moms and any number of children, even if they're fully grown. 
And I actually think this begins when you're pregnant because we all have this like primal instinct to want to do the best for our babies, even before they're here. And then once baby arrives, let the games begin because there will always be someone else out there doing things quote unquote better, which then makes us feel like not as good of a mom, right? And social media makes this feeling so much worse. We're constantly flooded with reminders of how we're not doing it as good as that other mom, which I'm going to get into in a minute. I think a lot of this competition honestly is silent. It's passive. And here's a story. After I had my second son, I really struggled. I had postpartum depression, which I did not have with my first son. I was having a really rough time being home with this little person all day. He didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. He had a hard time eating. I struggled with breastfeeding, right? I had never felt more lonely in my life until I went to this local mom's group and I saw all these other moms out there talking about how easy it was for them to breastfeed and how their babies were starting to sleep through the night. And it was right then that I created an enemy in my head. Looking back at this now, it is completely ridiculous. But I also know that we all do this because my son, my six-year-old, is starting to do this as well. I focused on this one girl as somebody who seemingly had everything that I didn't have at that time. And it wasn't even her that made me angry. It was what she represented to me. She represented someone who was better at something than I was. Someone who seemed like she had it all together when I was a hot mess. And I wanted her to struggle with something because honestly, I just wanted to feel seen and heard during an incredibly vulnerable time for me. And obviously the competition has just become so much stronger with social media. We think because we see other moms posting pictures on Instagram of their homemade Play-Doh, which ironically enough, I now have to make for my son's preschool. So wish me luck with that. Um, We assume that they're better than us because I bought my Play-Doh at the store and that all of a sudden she's a better mom than me because she's making it from scratch, right? But the weird thing is, I don't think that that other mom actually thinks that she's better than anyone. Like, honestly, she's probably just bored and needed something to do besides put her kids in front of the TV or give them iPads. And maybe she posted it on Instagram because she's lonely too. And maybe she's insecure. And maybe she somehow knew that like a friend or a family member would see it. And that's the easiest thing for her to do right now because she doesn't have the energy to text. Never mind, pick up the phone and call someone, right? Deep down, I truly believe that we are all just doing our best and we don't intend to make someone else feel bad. Everyone is good at something and not good at other things. And we're not supposed to be the best at everything. It's a completely ridiculous standard to set for ourselves. And when we do, we fail, obviously. I'm gonna talk more about this in a few minutes. To my earlier point though, so much of this is in our heads. It's imaginary. And we end up creating this attachment to it. Like it's real because it feels real, right? That's the big thing. Like it feels real to us, but it's not. So why do we do this, right? Like why do we feel this 
competitive nature in us? There's multiple reasons. The first one is kind of historical, right? So there's a video out there with Maya Biolic talking about this, which I'm going to link in the show notes. She says that this competition exists because we are the first generation of women who were raised to believe that we can do it all. And the intention of that, I think, is to prepare us to compete in the workplace with our male counterparts, right? Inspiring us to do anything that the boys can do, which we absolutely can, by the way. But what happens is then we became mothers and we've essentially superimposed that same motivation onto our lives as moms. So basically in our minds, it's not enough to be a mom. Now we have to be the best mom. This hits so close to home for me, by the way. I think another reason for the competition is culture. Like as little girls, we learn early on that we're not supposed to be competitive and win at somebody else's expense. We're supposed to make other people happy. So any natural competitive spirit that we have, we don't feel comfortable sharing it openly or happily or jokingly with other women. We feel like we're supposed to stifle it so we don't make anybody upset. So because of this, we feel like we can't have any of those feelings of anger or frustration. Only men can. And those feelings are extremely normal, by the way. We are humans. So we don't really have the opportunity then to like channel it into a healthy, positive expression of that emotion. We just push it down. So what could have been a healthy competition becomes this like secret feeling of envy and like jealousy, a desire for like the other person to fail, which is also laced with guilt and shame. So what looks like this, you know, battle between other women, potentially this mom petition may actually instead be like our own feelings of insecurity, our own feelings of fear, our own feelings of guilt and shame all coming up, right? I also think this comes from our need for validation. We all have our own insecurities. We all have a desire to be heard and to be recognized. And when we're not seen or heard, I feel like we just naturally become judgmental. It's a defense mechanism. We instinctually want to protect ourselves from having hurt or negative feelings so that we, what we do is we essentially just channel it through judgment into this secret competition. Again, because we feel like we're not allowed to show those types of feelings. And because deep down, we just want to fit in, right? Like we think that the way to fit in is to comply with society's expectations of us. So essentially what's happening is we're just living in this constant state of proving ourselves, which we all know (laughs) doesn't do anybody any good. So what can we do about all of this? I think the first thing that we all need to do before anything else is to practice some self-compassion, which is so freaking hard for those of you out there who are wired like me. I have a whole episode that I did on self-compassion, so go check it out. But I think what's relevant here is that honestly, we need to recognize and truly feel, right? Not just say it in our heads, but truly feel this, that no mom is perfect. I don't care who you are. So why would we expect to hold ourselves to some unattainable standard? 
we need to give ourselves a little bit of credit, actually a lot of credit for doing our best. And we need to surround ourselves with a community, other friends, other moms, whoever, people who are confident in their abilities, who don't feel insecure in the way that they go about their days, right? And to that point, we need to practice empathy for others. How do we do that? I think by being curious about other people. What a world of difference it would make if instead of just automatically thinking that that other mom who's happens to be really good at cooking and likes cooking, right, and makes her kids homemade Pop-Tarts and sends them in their lunch, what if we didn't assume that she was threatening us, right? Like, what if instead of that, maybe we talk to her and not just like a surface level conversation. Of course, like you might need that at first just to get to like meet her. But what if we actually like found out after talking with her and giving her a chance that there's probably other things that maybe she's struggling with too. There's always something beneath the surface that we don't know. Again, we all have things that we're good at and things that we're not. And we all have stuff that we're dealing with. And if we don't reach out, maybe we're missing out on an opportunity to connect with somebody in a whole different way instead of just writing her off, right? This is where we need to kind of celebrate our diversity, not fear it. And when we do this, we're fostering camaraderie and empathy and support for others. Maybe we'll make a new friend. We're doing our part to stop this craziness of the mom petition. We're helping other women to not feel so alone. I think it's also really important for us to be vulnerable. The more real that you are, the more comfortable other people are being their true selves around you and around everybody else, frankly. This was a really tough thing for me to learn. I used to think that I had to have everything be perfect before someone would want to connect with me. But then I became a mom and my attempts at being perfect just like went out the window. Now I'm learning that I need to embrace my mess and total chaos because other people are actually going through it too. So when I drop my kid off at preschool and I'm still in my pajamas and I'm not wearing a bra because I didn't have time to get to actually get dressed yet, there's other moms out there too. So why not reach out to her? Why not say, hey, <laughs> you're still in your pajamas too, too. Cool. I think ultimately the idea of competition with other people all starts with competition with ourselves because we project onto others how we feel about ourselves, right? This is where we really need to dig into our relationship that we have with ourselves. Self-compassion is a part of this, but it's not all of it. We need to get quiet and we need to tune into who that girl is. When we're comfortable and we're content with ourselves, we realize that there actually is no pressure because we're all so different. And what others think doesn't actually matter in the scheme of life. We're going to be with ourselves in our body, in our heads for a really long time. We're the only one that we need to concern ourselves with. So let's treat her kindly. When we ignore her, we don't get to thrive in the way that we deserve to. 
Imagine what we could do with our time if we took all the pressure off of ourselves, right? Like we can channel that into so many other really cool, really fascinating opportunities, right? Because this game that we're playing is a game that we're just playing with ourselves and we're never going to win, honestly. We're not supposed to win this. This, is, <laughs> this game isn't real. We just think it is. We need to lift each other up instead of pulling each other down. We need to encourage each other instead of translating someone's success as somehow a personal attack on us. Think about how much energy we waste living in this like fear that somebody will do something incredible that we haven't done yet. And the energy that we waste telling ourselves that we're bad or we're not good enough if we haven't done that yet, or we're not like that other person. For me, it's been probably like months, if not years of my life, literally wasted, caring, caring so much about something that just doesn't matter. That's not living life on my terms. How much space can we create in our brains when we're not worried about what someone else is doing? Think about this. Like, Think about how much energy that we can free up and that we can put into other areas of our life that actually matter to us towards things that are aligned with your values, like spending time with your kids or like planning an incredible vacation or starting a business or I don't know, quilting, whatever it is that makes you happy, like your passions, those things will give you life. Those things will give you more energy because there's momentum there. We literally, guys, have one life. So let's spend it the way we want to, not the way that we think others think that we should be living it, right? All right, you guys. Thanks again, as always, for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend. And as always, feel free to write me a review on Apple Podcasts so I can reach more people. And honestly, if you would like to be part of this community that I am building, go check out my Mindful Money Mamas Facebook group where we're honestly like we're in this together. I'm sharing all kinds of cool tools and tricks and tips and thoughts that I have and things that I see and um, in a way to have you guys start to think more about your journey with money, your experiences, your beliefs. Thank you so much, you guys. I will talk to you next time. 